Hi. Hello. How you doing? So good. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are two, <laughs> sometimes three birth professionals. Three in spirit <laughs> and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. That's for sure. Oh. As we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. So much shit sometimes. <laughs> I'm Meredith Raub, a midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery here in Strasburg, Virginia. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with Linden Tree Midwifery yeah. in Strasburg, Virginia. Where, where you we, also live, which is so convenient. Where we live and where we now have a birth space. We do. Hallelujah. And Kim is off call and going on a trip, which she deserves De- and she needs desperately so needs. badly. She's going camping with her kids and yeah i'm really really happy for her and so happy for her i feel so lucky because i got to record by myself with kim a oh, couple days right. ago what you guys end up talking about um we ended up talking about we played like a reverse game of never have i ever oh nice which it was like all the things we said when we were baby birth workers and also before we were parents that we would never do yeah as birth workers or as parents and that we ended up doing once we realized uh-huh. what it's really like to be in that world i've only been doing it for 12 weeks and i feel like i have a, such a long list of things that i've said i would never do that has already happened i know right <laughs> it's just like you're you're perspective out everything changes once you become a parent and you there's no way to prepare yourself for what that's going to look like until it happens yeah and you guys have said that to me like literally a thousand times but you just don't have any idea until you're in it it doesn't make sense until it happens and everyone was like well just see how you feel about working when you have her i'm like no it'll be fine and now i'm like oh my god what was i thinking everybody was right and of course it's been insane yeah so i've been like it's been like oh let's just like flow back into work it has been insanity yes and so today we're gonna talk because life has been insane we keep saying that but and we know it is going to get better because we're Mm -hmm. in this chapter but um we were gonna talk a little bit about the things that we do to try and like decompress when Mm -hmm. the shit hits the van yeah for sure and then we're also gonna tell a birth story of the week that me and meredith attended together without Um, kim's snide comments she's not here to to make little comments and (laughs) It was also an interesting birth because it was a birth that we also had to decompress with. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like we still are. So maybe we need this episode more than we realize. But um, so I thought about this episode because I went camping this past weekend and it was so necessary. And I was just staring at the mountains the last two nights ago in the dark and just being like, oh, my gosh, I'm so lucky to be out here. And then I was thinking about you, too, obviously, because I think about you guys all the time. And I was like, I'm so lucky that I have these two people in my life who also love camping and love mountains and being outdoors because you guys understand, like, the value of that for yourself and for our families, because, like, I also was thinking when I was driving home yesterday morning about Kim getting to go on vacation. And even though that means I have to go back on call and things are crazy right now, I'm so happy for her. Yeah. Because I know how important it is. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm like really grateful that I have you guys. One, I can go run to the mountains with all the time because we live in a cool area where we can do that. But also that you guys understand the value of it for ourselves. Yeah. I was thinking about that as well because we've we've gone through a period lately where we don't spend 
we haven't been spending a lot of time together that's intentional just as friends. It's Mm -hmm. always been like super loaded or we have to talk about work or we're solving a problem um, or we're recording our podcast. And so we have to like intentionally step away from work and recognize like we have so much to do, but we have to not talk about this right now just to protect like our friendship time every once in a while. And sometimes I think that we forget that because we're just mm-hmm. in it and we mm-hmm. don't realize how like strung out we are. Yeah. No, and not so at all. then, or we do, but we're always like, you can't do anything about it. You just yeah. have to keep going. Yeah. So. And so when we went up to the mountain, um, what was that already? Like, was that uh, two what, weeks? Den? Yeah. When yeah. we went to bears den, that was so glorious because we weren't working. We just got to sit on top of the mountain. We got to go have a, a beer at the, you know the brewery afterwards Mm -hmm. and it was just amazing to me how like what was it we were there for maybe two hours yeah but it's so much for two hours of intentional time was like just made such a difference Mm -hmm. in how peaceful and good we were feeling about life in general yeah and i feel like kim is really good about reaching out and be like hey let's go take all the kids to bear's den because they can like run around and jump on rocks and leave us alone for a little while so we could just hang out yeah and then you're really good about the rope swing so we actually i feel like we've done more than we normally do even recently because we went to the rope swing within the last month I think and then we went to Bear's Den so it's like okay we definitely need to do this more often but I'm really grateful that I have like you to motivate to go to the rope swing with and Kim is usually good about checking in about Bear's Den so we have like our things that we can go to and I I think that it's it's interesting because for me especially when I'm feeling really overwhelmed um, sometimes it's hard for me to motivate myself to do those things it's like well I could go out and do that or I could just not do that and stay home or watch TV. And sometimes when I push through that and I'm like, all right, just going out to the rope swing, even if it's for an hour, there's just something about it. It's like you sit down and the creek is rushing and the sun's coming through the trees. And I instantly just feel like more peaceful and like Mm -hmm. I can handle Mm -hmm. all the shit that's being thrown at me right now. Yeah, I feel like our work is something that you have to have perspective because it is so easy to lose yourself in. Like the week leading up to me going camping this weekend was insanity. And it was like it just with having Eliza now and like really questioning like the intensity of the work that we do with having a newborn yeah plus like the insane birth that we're gonna unpack today i it was so and then like the morning leading up to our trip was insanity because like there's just so much going on right Mm now um with with like the center and then with like the clients we have that i don't think i would feel going into this week on call the way I would feel if I hadn't taken this past weekend yeah and even honestly the weekend was a lot because like when I go camping with parents it's glamping I mean like it is a full setup it takes forever to organize we ended up bailing Friday because it was raining so hard so it wasn't even like a super logistically chill weekend yeah but even just like the hour and a half I took on my last night to wander into the woods by myself in the dark and look at the moon and the mountains was enough to recharge me for this week and it's just like Thank goodness we live somewhere where we can do that because I don't know what people do. Like, I know everyone has their things, but I don't know, like, what would be that powerful for me otherwise. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think tomorrow's the full moon. Yeah, it is. It's super close. Yeah. So we should really check in about doing another romp in the moonlight because that is always rejuvenating for all of us. That's also another thing. Yeah. We tend to, like, randomly get naked in the moon, too, and just run around, which is really (laughs) nice. It's so magical. (laughs) People don't understand it. They're like, what did you do? (laughs) 
We just took off our clothes and ran through a field. <laughs> I feel like people understood it more when I was in college. Like, as yes. an adult, people are like, wait, you're still doing that? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's not often, but what it yes. is, it's really it's great. It's so magical, <laughs> and it makes life like seem like we can keep going. Do you know and how, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. Uh, you know, I have, like, those core memories, right, that you just, like, get flashes of. Like, yes. one of mine is that night when we were at Kim's and we did the circle with the girls. And then they yes. were running through the woods naked in the dark. And you couldn't see anything. You just saw, like, their silhouettes. Yeah. But they just, like, look like magical little fairies. <laughs> like little sprites, like, oh, running my, through the woods. Yeah. It was, like, that. I get little flashes of that. That was such a fun so night. so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, just even talking about how insane things have been because... I find like, even though this chapter has been super messy, in our years of being birth workers, there's been times when we'll go months and months and months and months and everything's chill and everything works out. You know, there's not really times of stress. The births are going well. But then I have also found that every once in a while, it's like the shit hits the fan all at one time. And that happened to us. And and it didn't even actually hit the fan all at one time. But that was what it was feeling like was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe if we didn't have the logistics of like the center where it's just like a constant demand of like getting things set up and going, maybe it wouldn't have felt as crazy. But we are just like functioning on such a low, like a high level of stress anyways right now. We have little, very little reserves right at this moment. Yeah. Which is fine. Like we get that life is like that. Yeah, but it's just a lot. Like I, the fact that Kim is calling me, and being like, "I'm so burnt out." I'm like, yeah, you used to work at a much crazier space. Yeah, with way like our births are are phenomenal. We yes. have been having We've such had amazing such great births. births. So like it, yeah, it's I don't I don't think we've. I personally don't know when the last time I've been at this level of just like intensity all the time. And I don't know when our friendship has been at this level of intensity for Um, a lot, this long of a period of time as well. Yeah. For, yeah. And there's really no end in sight, but I also feel like we have really, it just reinforces how great, our foundation is right like there's been conflict there's been hard conversations there's been high levels of stress but like we all still are like looking out for each other and creating space for each other's like challenges individual needs yeah Yeah. and i'm just like god damn like i don't know anybody else i could potentially be doing this with because thank god we've been friends for as long as we have and been through things together because i don't know who else I'd be able to do this with? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Maybe like Alice is like a like a satellite member, right? Yes. But like I yeah. But, but I think it's always more challenging when it's every day, all day. Yes. Like that someone you see, you know, it's more like a marriage than yeah. a friendship. I just think about like our retirement when we're like old together and like yes. on a beach and uh, we're gonna be like palm trees. Yeah, and we're gonna be like, remember when our life was insane and yeah. just think about that compared to right now and yes. it's gonna be so magic. Yes. And moments of stress and anxiety just make it harder for you to function at all in your everyday life. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that. It's like your brain starts to shut down and everything, even things that aren't hard, seem impossible. Yeah. And so that's where it's like coming to the importance of like, number one, trying to see like the forest through the trees or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the terrible phrases always mess them up. <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> that might be. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. So I on Friday morning was just one of those. It was insane. One of those days. And so it's like, um, so I have doula clients. And of course, like I had a, 
three that were in their window. One that wasn't super due yet, um, but two that, of course, have gone like way past their due date. And so both of the clients that have gone way past their due date were texting me. The one was like going in for an induction. And um, then the other mom, we thought might have her water broken we were thinking of like sending her into the hospital like that was going on at the same time and normally like if camera one of us is on call we can like manage yeah those situations without needing to necessarily like ask for support of the other person but it was just one of those situations where it was like all hands on deck we all need to figure this out together like Terrence and I were supposed to spend Friday packing for this trip and leaving because like I said, we glam. So it takes like an entire day to pack. But like I spent the entire and oh yeah. And they went and got our tub and all this stuff for the center. So like that also was like going on. Like we're still trying to do all these logistical things for the practice. And so like, um, it was insane. Yeah. I just feel like all the different aspects of our lives were demanding all at attention once. from us all at once. Yeah. And my backup, du- my backup doula was out of town at the beach. You were supposed to be leaving for camping. Mm-hmm. Somebody else that was in our practice was like showing signs of labor. So it was like all these people showing signs of labor at once, trying to organize all these puzzle pieces of like, all right, if all these people go at once, who's going to be backup? Can I actually go camping? Am I going to have to be the one that comes back for the birth? I'm you are still you're still postpartum and you really want to just take your time. And so it was like super. And then my mortgage company, I'm on the phone with Kim, then on the phone with you. And then my mortgage company starts calling me like in the midst of all of it. That was also going on. And so I was just like, (laughs) we all were like, Like, I I feel like all of us were just like, what are we doing this right now? (laughs) Like, I'm just going to go into the woods and not come back. Honestly, I was like, I'm ready to quit. I quit right now. Yeah, we were done. Yeah. And like, we don't get there easily. Yeah. At all. I was like, how many thousands of dollars do I have to pay to just not do this right (laughs) now? Exactly. I don't have it. But if I had it, I would pay all of that just to not have to do this right now. Yeah. Which is nothing. Like, It's not about our clients at all. Like, we love what we do. We love our clients. But sometimes like i said like you have to be able to have perspective with what we do because it, it is all consuming and like i'm just you know like eliza like eliza's been a little like stuffy so i'm just sitting there having these like existential crises as a mom like oh yeah like i didn't think about this like she's sick who's my primary obligation to yeah like i know she's sick but i have a lot of support with my family but obviously my instinct is to like want to be with her because she's yeah. just nursing constantly right now because she's not feeling well but i also have these moms who like i'm on call for and also like kim needs to get a trip also so yeah. it's just like so many moving parts yeah it's nuts it's just super hard and we have super such hard supportive right clients who would understand but at the same yes. time like you don't want to ask them to because their birth is so important like they've been waiting for this for nine months you know yes. what i mean like it's just such a pivotal moment that you don't want to miss and you also like, don't want to bring your life into because it's yeah. their moment so it's being able to also like check once it actually goes down check whatever's happening in your outside life check it put it on the shelf you're just there totally in like birth worker mode yeah. to be supportive and help them have their big day um, and then be able to pick back up your life at the end of it. Yeah. Or like when we tell this birth story, like during it, because yes. like Eliza was at this birth. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking this morning about like being like a mom who can like call me like, oh, sorry, my kid is sick. I can't come to work today. It's like, that's not a thing. It's not a thing for us. <laughs> Definitely not a thing for us. Uh, yeah. So 
But I, I think that we can tie this not just into our lives as birth workers, but in everybody's lives, because everybody has stress in their lives and not everybody has a support system of friends that is like as amazing as or ours. Or like mountains they can wander into. Yeah. So it's like, I just know finding the time to even take one hour or even less. Like sometimes for me, it's not even an hour. Like if I'm feeling really stressed, just be like, minutes. I will get in my car, drive to the park, sit by the river for 15 minutes yeah. and come home just so I can like breathe for yeah. a few minutes and be like, you know, check myself out of that high stress moment that I was in and reset. Or sometimes even like the 20 minute drive to someone's house and listening to music, right? Yes. Like I think this week has just been a reminder for me of like, take that time, even if it's 20 minutes to an hour. And like, hopefully our listeners do that for themselves too. It's like, take that time because even 20 minutes as a reset can make a huge difference. Yeah. And, um, I know we say this a lot in our episodes, but it's like, it can be really hard to be there for other people and their stuff when you're in the midst of your stuff. And I've noticed that in my life, like I haven't been as emotionally available for everybody as much as I used to be but it's like I'm trying to be more intentional like just even sometimes you don't you don't really need to do something it's just checking in and being like hey how are you I love you or just hearing what somebody's saying without trying to fix it yeah and I feel like the more you do that for other people the more they're gonna do it for you when you need it yeah or even like if you feel so unavailable emotionally just sometimes even just like reaching out to somebody else being like hey like i'm sorry you're going through something right now it just makes you realize that like you're not alone even if you like you can't be like hey let me hear all your problems right now if you don't have the emotional space for that just being like i hear you i'm here i'm like I'm thinking of you. It makes you realize like, okay, I'm not alone. I do have like the tiniest little bit to give right now. And I'm not uh, completely my wit's end. Yeah. And like driving here from even just from the office today, I was like, what can we talk about today? Cause that's what we do. We wait till the last minute. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I just need a wine about birth episode. Honestly, like this is why we kind of started. This was cause we used to sit on Kim's porch and kind of bitch about, birth the hard parts the hard parts and we were like other people might also need to know that this is okay and that this is normal that you just have to like talk about how hard it is sometimes and maybe our listeners think we do that all the time but i feel like i need i really needed this today but it's the same thing for parenting before you're in it and before it's real you only see the magical parts like from the outside perspective and i see i feel like a lot of people when they look at what we do they see all these glitter and rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> and like, God, I'm so jealous of your job. That must be so amazing. And I'm always like, it is so amazing. Totally worth it. Totally worth but it. There's moments where but you're like, why? Do yeah. I do this? And then I have to remind myself of how amazing it is. I was yeah. doing this yesterday because we got an email from someone who was like talking, talking about, I mean like why we do the podcast or just like why we do the work we do, the work general. we do in okay. general and just in my life in general, how lucky I am because when you are enmeshed in your own stuff, you mm-hmm. can't see that. Yeah. And so I got this email from, um, from a, a listener and she was just like, t- she was like talking about how much like she appreciates what we do and like how much she enjoys our podcast. And she was like offering to like help us at the office and saying like, I would just love to help because I just, everything you do is like so helpful to me. And I like stepped back and I was like, if I could have seen that this is what my life was going to be like 15 years ago when I was starting my birth worker, like 
birth workers that are starting, like they want to be going to births and they want to be. And I didn't ever know I'd have these good of friends and like starting or even having our center. Like it's been hard, but we've yeah. been waiting to do it for so, so long. long. And it's yeah. like we have actually achieved everything, all of our yes. goals that we wanted to. <laughs> it might not be exactly what we thought it was going to be, but no. we achieved them. <laughs> and like other people looking in like seeing our lives be like god they have such great lives and so sometimes it's reminding yourself like we really do i know we really do yeah like like the fact that i even have like a group message with you guys that when i'm losing my shit i can text i'm like okay i'm fine yeah everything's fine yeah (laughs) it's just like yeah we have we have beautiful jobs that are meaningful we have the most amazing friends like we still are people who even if it's hard to schedule it get to go out to the woods get to go camping get to take vacations like yeah our kids are beautiful our kids are beautiful and healthy and yeah so it's I'm just I'm at a point in life where it's like instead of focusing on the negative which can spiral us down more and more into the negative like let me think about all the great stuff that's happening yeah because it is we're achieving goals all over the place yeah (laughs) crushing it crushing the goals like crazy well let's go to our break now and then when we come back we'll tell the story yeah um and then you can go to actually visit her postpartum yeah yeah. all right let's go to break cue the music oh yeah so today's sponsor for our episode is us we started our patreon recently and there are special benefits that you can get just by being a patron of our podcast so if you love our podcast and you would love to support us and putting out more great content um sign up for our patreon there's three different levels of support that you can give any little bit goes a long way in uh, helping us be able to continue making this podcast a reality and for everyone who is supporting us already um we adore you we thank you so much Um, And we look forward to entertaining you guys for a long time to come. All right, let's go back to our episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. So sweaty and delightful here so on delightful. your airport. We're just having a sauna moment. Yes. <laughs> so before we dive in. Like a muff. Um, we've been super, super bad about remembering so to bad. shout out our patrons lately. And posting. So I'm going to flood Patreon again here in a little bit, y'all. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we're going to get better at all of this. When we just don't think we're that interesting, but we need to just like stop. Not thinking we're that interesting and put some damn pictures on Patreon or something. <laughs> we do, we do. I know. We're just like, what do people want to know? Like, what and do people? What else could people people possibly want about us rather yes. than us just talking for an and hour? And we're going anyways. to be announcing because we are going to be planning some more hangouts and stuff coming up for the patrons. But we're also going to be having our open house soon at yeah. our new space, which yeah. I think is going to be super fun. I'm sure, I could like drop some fun things about the space. Yeah. So I wanted to start out um, the first person who has become a new um, patron that we haven't announced. Her name is Mandolin Vickers. Hello. I see you all the time on social media when I am on social media. So thanks for all of your support. And if there's anything that you would like us to mention about you in the podcast, um, just feel free to like email us or reach out to us on social media. And we can always do a second shout out to say a little bit more about you. But we super duper appreciate it. Again. you being a patron um the second one 
is... Is that my best friend? Yeah. Hey, Evie. I always thought you... I already thought you were. So we're trying to figure out that. But if you are just a new one right now, thank you again for all your love and support and devotion over the years. She's been my best friend since we were two years old. Yeah. And she is crazy supportive of birth work and is so fast. Like, she she promotes us hardcore. She's the one who, like, roller skates. I know. I remember. And I'm pretty sure she, she sent in the picture of our business yeah. card on the bottom of her yes. skate and, and we've she, gotten to hang out a few times when she's coming to town yeah she's just amazing um i i don't think i ever would have thought when we were kids that like we both would be as passionate about birth work as we are so it's been like so fun to share this journey with you and i'm so grateful for you and she actually just came all the way from atlanta to visit with our other best friend for the weekend and we had an amazing time it was yes. magic oh, i'm so yeah. happy for that yeah. she got to meet liza yeah um and then our last shout out that we're gonna do is to a new friend her name is kelsey joseph hey kelsey joseph and i am like super duper loving this patron she's been like reaching out to us and like sending us ideas for episodes because awesome, we are str- not struggling but we're not the best no but ideas. i yeah i just i love it when people email us and tell us what they like about the podcast and give us ideas of things that they'd love to hear or even just things they'd like to see from us mm-hmm. because like you said, we don't always know what people want to see yeah. from us or think that what we, we do. We start like, why do people listen to us? We're like, <laughs> are we that interesting? I don't know. Um, so anyway, she is, um, I'm super excited to have her as a patron. She um, is really busy. She said she works full time. She is going to school. She has a nine month old nursling. What? Um, she has a three and a half year old nonverbal mommy's boy. She says, she says she doesn't really get to see a lot of time, spend a lot of time with friends because she's so busy. Um, and understandable. Yeah. And but she's such a shame. And she's an L&D nurse from. Yeah, she's an L&D RN. And so she's been listening to our podcast. So you basically trying like a superhero. Su- such a superhero. But thank you again for all of the um, ideas that you sent. And we're, I've already talked to all of everyone about them. And we're going to start trying to put them into our episodes um okay so that's our patrons awesome. thanks everyone for your yeah. support i really appreciate you and for, we could not do this without you for anybody else who's interested in being a patron you just go to www.patreon.com slash wine about birth and there's three different levels of support um and like i said we are definitely going to get better about everything with that <laughs> We keeping like, why aren't we recording this spoof right now? This is perfect. And then we just yes. don't do it. Like, we just don't think. It always happens when we're not recording. We're like, dang it. Yeah. Another like, missed opportunity. So funny. Why don't we do that? <laughs> we're so funny. Yeah. The funniest. <laughs> You're the funniest. <laughs> oh, my God. We're the worst. So how should we start? So I want to start mm. talking about this birth and that it was interesting and in that, number one, it was your first birth back after being on maternity yep. leave. So it was like after 10 weeks off, I think, yep. 11 so weeks off. That's always emotionally loaded. as, And that's why our next episode is going to be like going back to work after having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also your birthday. It was, which I only knew because I needed to renew my nursing license. And that was really like, I don't know, at this point when you turn 30, like in your 30s, I feel like you don't really know it's your birthday anymore. Yeah. So I kind of, I, I kind of forgot, honestly. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and so then you also had a crazy day. You it were, was an insane day. You were doing appointments. You may or may not have had. Might have backed my car into a ditch. And needed to be towed out. Yeah, by a really lovely man with an ATV. <laughs> so honestly, at that day, like it was insane. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? My car is not in a ditch. So yeah, it, well, no matter what happens. 
yeah it's fine my car's out of the ditch yeah my car's not in this and i promise i'm usually not an insane driver it was it's a new build and instead of like a little tiny ditch or grass by the side of their driveway it's a new build so it was just a massive pit huge um, one and backup cameras are not great so yeah. i'm they're not great at seeing massive pits no so i'm now only going to use my mirrors when i drive yes so lesson learned and and again not to minimize how stressful this birth was but at the end of the day eliza was safe and my car was in a ditch so and the mom was safe and the mom was safe so baby was it safe. all worked out yeah so that was the starting out of it and then and we always say in this podcast every birth we does do every birth we does every birth we <laughs> every do birth we does shows us that we never really know anything about birth yeah and you just always have to be ready yeah. always have to be ready yeah for anything and so which is so hard to do in your everyday life mm-hmm. um and then when you're getting back in the flow from being on maternity part of leave, leave for yes 11 weeks yes and so this mama um so awesome she was a first time mama who wasn't even to her due date yet also i just want to say i'm not going to say this mom's name just because i don't i we asked permission to do her story and she gave a thousand percent support because she's amazing and like the most resilient mom ever but i don't want to say her name because i don't know if we asked that part um but i i mean i this mom especially i just felt super connected to like her maternity pictures were outlander like so i just feel and she just is so like she took our recycling from our center to her house oh my goodness because she's that person i'm like you're almost about to have a baby and you're worried about our recycling because i'm just not functioning like well can you please stop being (laughs) such an amazing human no she's such such an amazing human yeah um yeah so during this is during the day she's not even to our due date and that so that's the she's first 38 weeks yeah so that's yeah. the first rule that was broken is that we've anticipate most first-time moms they're not super on our radar when she was on my radar weeks. at all which is yeah. again that lesson of like always be ready because you never know like as if i didn't learn that with my own birth i, I know. still haven't learned that lesson i know i know I, your birth has <laughs> been being taught to me over and over again because that also taught us that yeah and so then we also the rule was broken we are expecting first-time moms to take labor for a while longer yeah and so she had been texting so basically you were the midwife mm-hmm. on call mm-hmm. i was the birth assistant on call mm-hmm. and then jesse, and jesse was, was the doula on call so we had an awesome team like thanks super awesome goodness right <laughs> so she was texting saying she was having some contractions that morning and losing some bloody show yeah but nothing super serious i mean the bloody show was like blood- yeah in hindsight i least saw her bloody show i was like hmm that was looks like my bloody show when i dilated super fast super fast but it's but again bloody shows like really hit or miss for people you just never know i've had people who have really like heavy bloody show all the way through labor and it's still like nothing's happening yeah yeah totally um but i don't remember her describing what was happening during those contractions as like super intense or anything that not at all was like oh we need to rush right over there and she hadn't even asked her duel. She was texting her duel updates, but at no point had she yes. asked for her to come and like be so like needing support from her. And so the last update I had gotten was that her contractions had spaced out to 14 minutes apart. I hadn't even got that. She yeah. had just texted me that morning that she was having them and had bloody show. And then I assumed that Jesse would keep me posted as her duel. And I hadn't heard yep. anything by like 2 p.m. Because it didn't seem like there was anything yeah, worth updating about. Worth updating. And with- normally like I would check in with the t- client via text 
missed like sooner but knowing jesse and yeah. you were gonna be present i was like that's fine and like, it, don't had, keep me posted. it had only been a few hours yeah it, it only, had not been a long time mm-hmm. at all so the last update i had gotten was her contractions of like spaced back out to 14 minutes apart she's gonna try and rest mm-hmm. um but i did get the message like she's saying that they feel like pretty intense when they're happening though but it's like they're 14 minutes apart yeah and she's a first-time mom yeah and so the next thing i hear less than an hour later because jesse was checking in with me about child care because she was like if they need me to come and my child care is not here yet can you go and i was like yeah i can totally go anytime mm-hmm. and so then all of a sudden i get a message that says she feels like the baby's head is right there yeah which i've also gotten that message before from first time moms and they were still 24 hours away from delivery right. yes so the first thing i heard about this is that the sorry i don't before mm-hmm. i jump to my perspective okay so literally the moment my my car got pulled out of the pit yes I got a call from the dad yes. and all he was saying was the head, the head, yes. the head. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I just, I'm like, you know what? Take a deep breath. I'm also saying to myself like, hey, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. That means everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Like everything is good. I'm on my way. But at this point, I'm on top of a mountain in Front Royal. Yeah. Like it's a 40 minute drive to the mom's house. Yeah. So I like, thank goodness the client whose house I was at is amazing. Like her mom was holding Eliza. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, go, go, go. Like I'm like, I need to apologize like 30 times for everything that's happened today. And they're like, nope, just go. Yeah. So they throw lies on my car. I get off the mountain. And as I'm talking to the dad, the like anxious anxiety level like drops a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, wait a second. Like this seems a little, like it doesn't seem like the head is out at this point. Cause yeah. I'm telling him like, just remember like a couple contractions can happen while the head is out and that's really normal. Okay. But then I was like, wait a second. What do you see? Yes. And he was like, I don't see, I, I don't see anything, but she feels like the head is coming. And I was like, because, oh, because okay. So the we, head's not out yet. We <laughs> asked her, the update I got was we asked her when she said that was like, can you stick your fingers in? What do you feel? Yeah. And she said, when I stick my fingers in, I feel baby head. Yeah. I didn't and so know I was any like, of this. She went from 14 minutes apart. To it did feeling, at some point drop to two minutes apart, but it happened really super fast. Super quickly. It happened yeah. within like, I think that it was like maybe 30 minutes and from, they the, from the updates. And they didn't stay two minutes apart because no. when I was on the phone with them, they spaced, they spaced back out, out to like, like maybe five. five. Yeah. And so I, Jesse's like, she feels the head. Can you? So I'm like jumping in my car now. I was 25 minutes away. You're mm-hmm. 45 minutes mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Jesse was going to be the first one there. Yeah. Jesse was like, I found someone I'm, I'm because of what's happening. Like someone who's grabbing my kids or I woke up my husband. I'm on my way. Yeah. So we're all just like, rushing to yep. this birth trying to like get there which i assumed i was gonna miss because at first i thought the head was already out but yes. then i was like okay well like the head is coming but it's not out yet but i'm probably still gonna miss it because i'm 40 minutes away yeah but at this point i well, it was the weirdest conversation i've ever had supporting someone over the phone because eventually you and jesse were there yes but even before that i'm talking to them and the mom is just talking she's just laughing she's just and so talking chill. and so chill and she's getting five minute breaks in yes. between but obviously that like pressure and intensity are there yeah so when i walked in the door jesse was sitting behind her she was in the bathroom on the floor on all fours that's how it always works out when it's fast yep. jesse was standing behind her like and she was obviously pushing during contractions. So, yeah, she's on the floor. She's totally chill. 
She'll have a contraction. The baby's head will come and show. And she's like verbalizing during the contraction too. Like yeah. that baby's moving. Yes. And so like baby's head is showing more with each contraction. And then like, but in between she's just like laughing. Mm-hmm. She's like putting her ponytail, like fixing her hair. And I'm on the phone. So I'm on the phone just like listening to you guys interacting, like her laughing and chatting. She's like talking to me on the phone. And finally I was like, I guess I can hang up. <laughs> like, yeah. I know your baby's about to come out, but like you're clearly in great hands and you're managing beautifully. And I feel like you just are feeling pressure to talk to me on the phone so that I can go. And you guys can call me when the head's coming out. <laughs> so you're just sitting there like, but eventually you stayed on and you're sitting there quietly. And like, I definitely thought you were going to miss the birth. Like, so I'm like getting, I'm getting like, because Jessie had just kind of come in and was doing her thing. So I'm like, oh, let's put some chucks under her. Let's grab this stuff just in case. Let's grab that stuff just in case. I'm like getting my notepad to sh- so I can like note times. And yeah, every contraction, the baby's head is showing like more and more and more to the point where it's like I thought the baby was going to crown anytime. Well, yeah, that's what I kept hearing. And so eventually I was like, what's like, it's so hard when you can't see and yes. you're just like going based on report, right? Or just even how the mom is verbalizing. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is the craziest, like, yes. crown I've ever heard of. So you thought the baby was crowning. I and did. so as, at one point, I hear Meredith, knowing how you <laughs> talk, though, you're like, if the baby doesn't come soon, you're going to have to get in a different position. And I'm I could thinking tell, the baby's turtling at this point, which no, means that yeah. we're, like, set up for a dystocia. No. And so I was like, oh, she's worried about something. And so I was like, no, Meredith, everything is looking... <laughs> perfect and normal I was that in that moment when you said that, i was like i'm so thankful i work with jess she knew exactly <laughs> what i was feeling and like responded perfectly to that i was like i don't want to speed this up it's normal though it's yeah like, this is not abnormal no when you said that i was like oh i took a breath i was like this is great yeah I'm, like i don't need to do anything but it was so <laughs> weird and it's like in the moment you don't know what exactly is happening but at one point in time the baby's head came out almost to a crown and then it sounds like it like completely disappeared and then in like one second and her body goes <laughs> and his head disappeared back in which and now that once the birth occurred we're like oh makes sense, it makes sense. and yeah. me and jesse were like what the hell yeah. like i was like i've seen babies do that before but it was the most dramatic i've ever seen yeah. and she's kind of like whoa we went back in and i'm like don't worry your next push he'll come right back out to where like he was judging you the like the yes. way to protect your perineum exactly and so everything was completely normal completely great she was still on hands and knees and all the while like time's just ticking along because she was having really long breaks between contractions yeah. yeah and so i'm like all right five minutes ten minutes 15 minutes i was like meredith i think you might actually yeah i was only like four minutes away when you guys said that yes so i was like oh i'm making it yeah, I'm making <laughs> it. and so you like come in the door and i think like the first contraction after you walked in the baby crowned right yeah i was only there for like literally two minutes yeah so you walk in you get behind her the baby crowns baby's head comes out which i was fully prepared to just let you keep doing everything but i think at one point there was a cord and so i stepped in because there was, there was a cord well and because her contractions were so far apart at that point the baby started breathing the baby's on head too. had been out for like two minutes and i was like i'm not gonna take this over yeah. so at some point in time you were just like oh okay yeah 
push like, even push though you're not having them. a contraction. And the dad wanted to catch, but that was great because it gave us time to let him like get into position for catching. And I yes. totally projected my, I like knew this would happen when I started having a baby. Yeah. Or like when I had a baby, I was like, I totally projected my experience onto her. So when the baby came out, she was still on hands and knees. Yeah. So normally we just pass the baby right through, through her legs, the, through her legs to the, for the mom. But the dad caught and the dad was off to the side. So I like empowered the dad to like hold onto the baby yeah. for a second since he caught. And I then Jess was like, all right, we're going to pass the baby through your legs. And I was like, oh, yeah, this mom's like waiting to hold her baby. Yeah. But of course, like in my experience, I was like, I just needed a minute. Yeah. Or even <laughs> if she wasn't going to hold her baby, like let's pass the baby through your legs and you can look at the baby on the floor. <laughs> yeah. But this dad was just like, look, like holding his baby and crying. And I was like, this is beautiful. And I was like, oh, yes. wait, this mom has worked really hard for this baby. Let's push this baby through yeah. her legs so she can at least see him. So the birth was absolutely so phenomenal. Phenomenal. She broke every rule. She had her first time baby at 38 weeks. She had her baby ridiculously fast. Like like from zero to like not even like her contractions were every two minutes apart from the beginning. She went from like every 15 minutes to every two minutes. Like, yes. In 30 minutes like yes. you said. And then um, and then immediately postpartum she was super present. Right. She didn't super need awesome. Any space. She just like was all right. What do I like? You know what do I do now? And like as she got up to walk to her bed she like looked in the mirror and was like fixing her. I was like yes. who are you? Yes. Like get over yourself you perfect human. Like I can't even. Yeah. And so we're like okay great awesome birth that's amazing and so even with her phenomenal birth i like said to jess at one point pretty soon after i was like hey we just need to have hemorrhage on our radar because of her how spaced out her, her contractions, contractions are, are so far apart yeah and so we had already pulled up like all the stuff we needed for that um and i did notice like because we moved her to her bed pretty quickly but i did notice like she had a pretty normal but sizable separation gush while she was still on the bathroom floor yeah but then we realized um when she got in the bed her cord was gorgeous it was like so thick beautiful and, like, but it was like bounding pulsing yes when, when that happened and yes. so at that point you're like ooh, okay, why is there why such is a, big there a big gush while her placenta is clearly still intact like it was the most the easiest to feel a uh, pulsating cord i've ever felt and this is already like jesse feel it because it was so obvious and this is already like what 25 minutes after the birth yeah yeah it was her uh her cord pulsed while i was telling kim about this afterwards like it pulsed for 45 minutes like i've never even when our placenta stay in longer than that i've never had a cord pulse that clearly for that long yeah ever and if you do feel one you have to feel really hard to feel if it's still going yeah, like but hers, it's barely perceptible yeah hers was amazing and so at that point we had gotten the baby to latch already because we were like let's see if that helps this like clearly your your placenta is still intact but like let's try to help it detach and she, because you're having some bleeding already. she was still having like a trickle even mm-hmm. in the bed and so i'd already asked i'd already given her to a couple units of pit because at that point again her placenta was still intact but i was like let's move this along because you're bleeding um and so then yeah there was just like it wasn't at any point it didn't feel like it wasn't an emergency it was no. just like we need to keep a close eye on this and let's be preventative at this point yeah since she is having bleeding and then when the trickle got to a certain point where we were like okay we're 
uncomfortable with the fact that this trickle's still happening and the placenta doesn't seem to be coming at all. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're like, all right, let's give some pit to mm-hmm. see if we can help this situation along and help this trickle and help get this placenta yeah. out. Yeah, and the mom was complete, like the crazy thing, like, one of the most powerful things about this story is how strong the mom was the entire time. Like she was yeah. completely stable the entire time. She was like totally fine talking to her mm-hmm. baby. Like, like processing like, her birth. Yeah. Um, eating drinking and so then at some point I was like you know what you're still losing more than I'm comfortable with like let's do an IV just in case so at this point the the placenta was still intact and so was still in yes so I get I start an IV it blows which will happen and so then actually one of my proudest moments of this birth is that (laughs) Jess got the IV that took and it was amazing because as the story progresses you'll see why but yeah, just got an IV in and unfortunately it took and then so she got some fluids and some pit, but then it blew also because um, she bent her elbow to nurse her baby, which is like super normal. Super normal. Normally yeah. that shouldn't cause the IV to blow, but unfortunately in this situation it did. It yeah. Happens. Her veins are not super conducive. No. So then we tried again to get some another IV in her and like it just could like, not. She had nothing left. Like her veins were completely deflated at that point. Um which is, you know, after birth with dehydration, everything that can happen. And so at this point, even with her placenta intact, you're already limited with what you can give. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Like, let's do that. And at this point, the cord had actually stopped pulsing at this point. Yes. Um, and so I was like, let's give her some of the cord. We've never actually done that before, but we know it works. And yeah. like the times I've actually given placenta, it's worked really, really well. And so this mom was open to us giving her a piece of her cord in her cheek. And I was like, this will take care of it. Like, it's totally like this. This is fine. Um, that wasn't actually working either. And so at this point, the mom is losing enough blood that I'm concerned. And I'm like, we just need to get your placenta out. Like now that it's yeah. done pulsing, we just need we to, get, need it to out. get it out. And so um, I try with really gentle traction because that's what you do to manually assist a placenta um in a normal situation and, and that's just not not working it's not coming yeah and at this point she's like bleeding consistently enough that i'm at like the point where it's like either we need to transfer or mm-hmm. i need to get your placenta out and because i've used up the resources i have available to manage this but yeah. it was just it's a hard call because the mom's completely stable still. yeah and, and it's a hard call because it's like you've lost this much and you're still stable but if we wait too long to do the transfer then and you're bleeding more like right you're trying to add up the time and yeah the balance of what's going on yeah so at this point i was still on the fence like she was a technically a hemorrhage but she was super stable but pressure was fine she was still like eating and drinking and talking to her baby mm-hmm. and and then she threw some clots and mm-hmm. then she said she felt dizzy. Yeah. At some point when we tried to get her to push to to help us assist to get the placenta out, she got dizzy and she threw up. Well, she passed out for like a second yeah. and she threw up when she passed out. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel comfortable yeah. anymore. We have to call EMS, which is also hard. I mean, it was the right call, but yeah. it's also hard because we have moms who like pass out sometimes yes. and like they end up being totally fine. And, and she was totally fine when she came to like a second later mm-hmm. and she was totally not dizzy and she was totally fine. The only time she got dizzy was when We asked her to push, Mm -hmm. but every time you would also try and assist to get the placenta out because you were like, I'm going to keep trying while we're waiting for EMS. At this point, I was like, I'm not coming with that much blood you're losing. The only option we have at this point to stop the bleeding is to get your placenta out. So I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Um, Sorry. And so you were like, so we had already alerted EMS. We had decided we're going to do a transfer. We alert EMS and you're like, we're going to keep trying to get your placenta out. Yeah. But every time you went to give any kind of traction or any kind of help for the placenta, she would 
lose yeah. more, definitely more blood yeah. than we were comfortable and with. And at that point, you have to make the call, like, am I going to try to go in and get this more hardcore than I am at the risk of her bleeding more? Yes. Because when I wasn't touching her placenta, she would stop bleeding. She would stop bleeding, yeah. So I was like, I'm worried if I try to go in and get it hard, more hardcore than I am. You'll cause a bigger problem. I'm going to cause more bleeding and I don't have any more resources to stop your bleeding at this point. Yeah. So we decided to leave the placenta alone at this point because you weren't bleeding or she wasn't bleeding. Obviously, if she had started to bleed more, I would have had a choice. Yeah. But at this point, I wasn't willing to take the risk of having her bleed even more. Yeah. So the hard thing with transfer is normally I feel like they get there really quickly because they get really freaked out about Mm -hmm. birth. Mm -hmm. And when you're like trying to manage something like this and check on the baby and get them Mm -hmm. stable and like not stable necessarily, but like you want to do a full newborn exam before you discharge the baby because the baby doesn't need to go to the hospital at this point. Um, unless the mom chooses, but most moms would rather, especially in this situation where hopefully we can just go to the hospital and she can be discharged within four hours. Yeah. They'd rather the baby stay at home. So like want to make sure the baby's stable, but I'm also like keeping an eye on her bleeding to make yeah. sure there's not more like main, like maintaining we need to do or interventions. So the time just like flies by Yeah, and you don't have any perspective on it. And it's a super loaded for us as birth workers, and I know it's even harder for the people watching, but the calmer we stay as birth workers, the calmer the people that are involved in it stay. Yeah. And so it's just like all these moving pieces. Like, like you're trying to pack a bag for them. You're trying to make sure you're ready to like yes. give your report to the hospital and check like, the your baby's vitals. Like which one of us is going to go with her in the ambulance. So we had a little conversation about that. Like, well, I also had Eliza. <laughs> Eliza was there and thank God she slept the entire time yes like she slept for the whole three hours yes like it was thank goodness right Um, so it's just like yeah it's a lot of moving parts and also like informed consent is so important with what we do and it's what protects birth experiences like even if this isn't what the mom wanted if we can take the time to explain why we're making the decision we are answer any questions that she has it just helps Mm -hmm. make it safer and clearer and more to like Yes. More to hand, like, I don't know, just like yes. take in what's happening. And so like, yeah, it's just like, there's a, like just said, there's a ton of moving parts. So in hindsight though. And it's the moments where, and, and I know saying these things, it's the moments when you're at births where it always goes through your head. Like, why do I do this? Yes. Why am I doing this right now? Yeah. Like I could be home watching new girl. Well, honestly, <laughs> I don't feel that in the moment. Cause you're just getting yeah. shit done and you don't have a choice. But afterwards you're like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Why do we? Like, why do we do this? Yes. Um, but in hindsight, Jess was like, okay, the ambulance here, they rolled up without their lights on or their yeah. sirens. And in hindsight, it took them forever so long to get there. Like, I obviously, I don't know what we would have done about it besides call 911 and be like, hey, where's our yeah, transport? Hurry. Yeah. But like. Because I told them, you I told was them like, she's report. stable, but she's definitely bleeding more than she should be. Yeah. Yeah. And the, even then, when, like I said, whenever we call them for transport, they usually rush there because they get really waked out by births. Yeah. So in hindsight, it's like, what the heck was that transfer? Like, yeah. it was probably one of the, like, I have to say, I've worked with EMT in this area before, even if they don't necessarily support what we do in the community, generally speaking, I feel like our relationships have gotten better and better in the sense that they continue to let us manage yes. what's going on in recognition that like we have skills that we can offer. Yes. So like if we need to do in this situation, the mom was at risk of hemorrhaging on the way to the hospital because we didn't have an IV. And so like we needed an IV and then we needed to somehow be able to manage a tra- like a um, hemorrhage if she continued. Yeah. So 
like I was like, okay, cool. I'll just keep managing because that's like kind of what the norm has become yes. with the EMTs that we've transferred with in the past. But then like they questioned us. They were like, oh my so gosh. have you tried nursing the baby? Yeah. Have you given her any Pitocin? Yeah. And we're like, yes. Like clearly we're past that point. Like seriously? And I asked the EMT, I was like, can you start an IV before we get going? Because I we haven't been able to attain one and I would, I'm worried that she's going to hemorrhage on the way. So if we can start IV fluids and start meds now, I think that's ideal. And she was like, well, it's our protocol to start in the ambulance. I was like, if you don't feel comfortable doing that now before we get down the stairs, that's fine. But like, we definitely need an IV. And she's like, well, that's our job. I was like, I guess your job. I guess I'm just trying to convey the seriousness of the situation to you. And like, we are out of resources to support her. And then I was like, do you feel comfortable with me doing, and I shouldn't even have to ask. I was like, I wanted to respect obviously their authority in the situation. I was like, I'm worried she's going to hemorrhage. Do you feel comfortable with me doing by manual on her? If that's the situation, like if I have to climb on the stretcher with her at some point, do I have your permission to do that? And she was like, but she like, you could tell she like didn't think that was going to be necessary. So just kind of like nonchalant. It was like, yeah, of course. But then it got super loaded because instead of wanting to take her down in a laying down stretcher, which I was like, I think, well, they asked the mom, she's like, do you think you can sit up? And this mom's a beast. You know, she was like, I'm fine. Like I could totally sit up. But I was like, I think she needs to stay laying down. But of course, like the mom said she felt fine. And so they put her in a chair instead of a stretcher. Yes. And so immediately after they sit her up, she passes out again. And unfortunately, she throws up up all over. And then a lot of people, when they throw up or when they pass out, they have like, uh, like seizure, like activity, which can also be from blood loss. It can, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, is she in shock or is that her body yes. passing out and like w- reawakening itself? Which is what yes. I, I perceived it as is like, yes. okay, this, she's not seizing. This is just like, yes. she passed out and her body is like, Hey, wake up. Every like, time I've seen people pass out, I've seen them like yeah. something like that. Especially because she was getting sick also. Yes. But it was just like, obviously at that point I'm like, this is what like, it, let's we go. were trying to avoid. We need to go. Yes. And then the EMT was like, oh, okay, this is serious now. Because then when that starts to happen, it feels super, super weighted. Yeah. So it's like, get out of the house and like get to the fucking hospital. Yeah, we should have been going already. Yes. And like, she should have been going down the stairs head first, not feet first. Yes. In the chair. So it was just like, like I said, like generally speaking, our transfers go really smoothly and I have like a res- I have respect for the EMTs in the area but this one unfortunately was just like not yes. the best transfer I've ever seen and it added yes. a lot of like heaviness and just like intensity to the experience itself yes and like I said the mom is a total beast and has such an amazing perspective and like was so kind and sweet to literally every single yes. person in this experience despite like how messy it was and she woke up in the ambulance and again was totally she woke up fine way before that but from the perspective so like me and jesse stayed at the house with eliza and with the dad and with the baby and um we're cleaning up and we're trying to get things done but also as a dad like watching his wife go through that and really not knowing like he's seen a lot of blood he sees what we're doing he sees her pass out we know she's stable. We know she's okay. But to him, he's like, is she okay? Yeah. Is she going to be like, okay? How much can we actually reassure yes. him? When Are you actually lying to me and you don't know and you're just trying to make me feel better? So there's also this really big heaviness of trying to like reassure this dad and like tell him that she's going to be okay. Yeah. And knowing that like he's got his new baby yes. and his wife's not there, you know, and that's yes. like so different than what they had hoped for, even though her birth was amazing. Her birth was phenomenal. Yeah. We, that's why we don't celebrate when placenta 
placenta like before placentas anymore because yes. sometimes they're the gnarliest part of birth yes um and so then so we stay we're trying to reassure dad dad's doing skin to skin with baby we're cleaning up um so what happened when you got to the hospital? So the transfer, like once I got in the ambulance, like the mom woke up almost immediately, get on the stairs. So she was awake and alert. She obviously was like tired and just like overwhelmed, but like she was still very much stable. So we got in the ambulance and she even like was even more stable there. And again, was her like beautiful chatty self. and was like just talking up the EMT and like chatting with me. And we were like already processing her, her experience so that she could just like get on top of it. Like that was what was so, so like not surprising because she's amazing, but like really spoke to her resilience is like we were just processing the entire as it was happening and so and i don't think there was any point where she ever was like like she definitely was questioning it but not like in a woe is me kind of way it's like okay i want to understand this so that i can like conceptualize what's happening to me right now as i go and it was like really powerful to do that with her and i like couldn't convey to her enough how strong she was and how so strong proud of her i was because she was just like handling the intensity with such grace and it was just uh, it was just an honor to witness her in this whole journey um so the transfer was still really hard because like she was stable like she hadn't bled at all since the emt got there so thank goodness but she also like they couldn't get an iv like by the time we got settled in the hospital they had tried over nine times to get just an so IV crazy in, and they and had to end up calling like the NICU to come do it and they got it in a really wonky place like it was just it was messy you know so and it, and it spoke to the fact that like us not getting an iv or whatever was not something about our skills just like she was really difficult to get an iv yeah in. and i well that's what i was saying like that was one of the past moments was that you got it you know what i mean like the fact that you did when it was so hard for anybody else to it just like speaks to your skill and how things lie in for you as an assistant um but yeah and then of course we get there and they're like how long is but oh yeah and also in hindsight also they didn't turn the sirens on to get to the hospital either oh my goodness we just rolled up like nilly willy and she lived really close yeah and but still it, it took way longer than it needed to and especially with the fact that she couldn't get an iv in the em in the ambulance either um so anyways we rolled to the hospital and it was a doctor that i've heard i've never had to do a transfer before okay so it was my first time establishing i've met a lot of the providers there before through premiere and actually the charge nurse who was working that day is one that i've done a couple births with who i feel like i have a ton of respect for yeah i feel like we have a really great working relationship um so i was really grateful it was her but it was really messy yeah. You know, she was covered in throw up and her kid had also pooped all over her, oh which goodness. we had tried to clean up. But obviously, like, that's not your number one priority in a transfer. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they ask how long it had been since the birth. And I, it had been almost two hours at that point. Yeah. And we called we called EMS before the hour mark or right at the hour yeah, mark. Like when we were talking about timings and stuff, I feel fine about when we called. It yes. was at a reasonable time. It was but just, just everything took forever after that. Well, also like the doctor you could tell was like off put by that. But when I explained to her that her placenta had still been intact up to 45 minutes after the birth yeah. and was still pulsing. It was like, okay, like that gives you some perspective on why, why it's been two hours. And also like, I'm sorry, that transfer took forever. It took forever. It took so long. Um, so anyways, once we go to the hospital, like she's again, her beautiful child self, she's thanking all the nurses, like totally aware, totally, totally stable and like still processing as we go. Um, and you know i think when we first got there it was really intense because it looked messy but once we got there and we explained what was going on and they saw the mom was stable and we realized you know 
they realized like what needed to be done things really slowed down and like calmed down um which i think the mom's energy had a lot to do with that she just has like the power to like hold space right yeah even for other people in her insane life (laughs) um that was happening um and so then the charge nurse tries to get the placenta the same way i did and she was like nope that's not budging so that was like reaffirming right yeah and um, then the doctor comes in and has to manually remove the placenta in the way that is always, for me as a birth worker, that is like the worst thing that you could possibly have to do. Because it's, a yeah, mom. it hurts. It's, it's terrible. It's worse than the birth. Yeah. You know, like you have to go into a woman's uterus and yeah. manually remove her placenta. And um, the doctors told me afterwards that it was in her cervical canal, but I don't know. I like know what I felt and I like. And may, I think partially it had, I think it partially had released. So there was part of it hanging in the cervix. So yes. I do agree with, I not that I disagree with her, but I, from my perspective, I, there was some in the cervix, but also just, I saw the way she had to remove how, it. How far and she, how had, far to she in, had to go and, in. And just seeing her placenta afterwards. Yeah. So that's the part that frustrates me. So the mom, thank goodness, despite being in the most pain ever, is mindful enough to be like, hey, I want to keep my placenta. So the doctor got some of the placenta out. We got, sorry, the, the doctor got the placenta out and then the mom asked, did you get all of it? And the doctor said some of it. Yeah. So then I like look at the mom and that's the first time I saw her kind of like panic. She was like, oh my God, doesn't mean I'm going to need surgery if yeah. she only got part of it. Cause in my mind, I'm like, oh, it is an accreta, you know, like yeah. it is partially stuck. Like that's why this has been so messy. Um, and I was like, you know, what? let's, let's, let's just take one thing at a time. Let's yeah. let her examine it and see what she says. So then she really doesn't, the doctor doesn't say anything else Yeah. and they start to cart it away. So I assume they got all of it. So then the mom was like, wait, I want my placenta to encapsulate it. And thank God she said that because we finally got to see the placenta later on. So they, and I didn't even think to look at it cause I was just so focused on the mom at the time. And so they box up the placenta. And at this point, the mom has not bled really at all. Yeah. Like whether it was like delayed response to the meds we gave her or just her body like being like, I can't bleed anymore. Sometimes the adrenaline like kicks out a bunch of hormones that finally do something. Yeah. I've seen it in other transfers too. Yeah. So at this point, mom is again, completely stable. She's getting IV fluids. They gave her some meds to help with the bleeding that, you know, she hadn't bled a lot, but you know, it was an awesome preventative measure to make sure she didn't bleed anymore. And then we're doing labs to make sure she didn't lose too much blood that she's anemic. So really at that point, the plan is to keep her for about four hours to do labs and then consider discharge based on the findings. And the first set of labs they did actually were really great. Like she had a normal amount of, um, iron in her blood for what you would expect for someone who had, had just had a baby and had lost some blood. Um, but we wanted to do another set to make sure that it continued to be stable because the doctor explained that it can be like a delayed um, read if you like wait a couple hours, it might be lower yeah. um, than what you got your initial reading as the body catches up. Um, so yeah, we're just at that point hanging out and she's, you know, doesn't have her baby with her. So we're like getting updates on the baby from you guys and she's like i'm gonna take a nap i'm exhausted i'm like that sounds great yeah so one of my favorite parts of the story though is that eliza is still at her house i know right <laughs> and thank goodness like terrence's work schedule she ends the day pretty early and so i was like hey terrence can come pick eliza up but it's if she's waking up like jesse would you mind nursing her for yes. me which ended up working out really well because atlas her son is on a nursing strike at the yes. time so it was probably nice for her to be able to nurse because she would have needed to pump soon anyway yeah and so it was just like 
they sent me a picture. No, did you guys send me a picture? Anyways, remember. thank goodness for our village, right? Yes, like such a village. It might feel I'm like imagining listeners being like, oh my god, you guys were missing each other's babies, but it's like. They used to do, they used to have wet yeah. nurses. Like, it's so And just the normal. fact that we felt safe to be able to ask for that, to be able to support not only you while supporting the mom, while the dad supports the baby, but that also your baby can have the support she needs in that moment yeah. since you had to leave and yeah. feeling comfortable enough to do that. And I'm just like, thank goodness for our village. Like, it just, you're right. Whether or not it feels like the right fit for you and your child, like, I felt so much better knowing that I had that support yeah. from you guys. So I was really thankful for that. Um, and was also like, this is a crazy first birth for Eliza to go to on your birthday, on my birthday. Like that part didn't even matter, but yeah. Um, yeah. So at that point, mom is just resting. And then I was, I really wanted to come check on the baby again yeah, because he had had some transitional breathing where it was a little bit high, but that was be so normal. So when for before what everything on. happened, his rests and his, all his vitals were a hundred percent normal. And then when all like the lungs were clearing, yes, he was definitely one of the more mucusy babies we yeah. ever had, but he was clearing really beautifully and his lungs were yes. clear. It was like all up in his and his rests throat. were normal. But then as very often happens when there's stress in the room and then mom's not there, his rests were higher, mm-hmm. which is like a transient tachypnea mm-hmm. that we're very used to but it's still you want to keep an eye on and it normally you just like end up having them nurse with the mom for an hour or two and then they're totally normal so but again it's just like another piece of this crazy birth picture yes. right so mom is stable and in the hospital for at least a couple hours and the plan hadn't been for her it was for her just to go home to see the baby afterwards but i was like hey like i would since you know i did do a, norm- a newborn exam but i would love to just go keep an eye on your baby a little bit more like do you mind if I go check on the baby and so she's like yeah of course I'm gonna take a nap that actually sounds great and I was like perfect yeah. so I go back to the house and of course the the dad was amazing right yes. he's just doing this like lovely skin to skin with the baby and like letting the baby like suck on his finger to help calm them down and um I'd asked the mom before I left the hospital like hey I'm happy to pick up formula on the way, but if you are concerned about you being in the hospital for this song and the baby needing to be to be, cause the baby had nursed at least once before yes. we discharged. So that's always a clutch, right? Is getting a nursing session in before a transfer. Um, but I was like, if you, cause I mean, you say we'll be discharged at four hours, but let's it be could honest, be it could be so much longer. Um, so I offered and I tried to like whisper to her because I was like, I'm still establishing my professional relationship with the people in the hospital. Yeah. I was like, can I like, do you want me to nurse your baby if that feels safe to you? Or I can totally pick up formula yeah. if you would feel more comfortable with that. Or we can bring the baby to you. Or we can bring the baby to you. And she so was we like. we gave lots of options. Yeah, totally. And she was like, I don't really want the baby here yet. I don't want formula. I really would like feel more comfortable if you nursed him and i was like okay cool so i'm honestly super thankful for that because at that point terrence had also come and picked up eliza and i'm so engorged at this point i was like this poor child like i don't know i'm gonna have to just like squeeze it into his mouth because there's no way that this poor child needs this much milk um so anyways, so I get back and the baby's breasts are fast. But again, dad had been doing skin to skin. All of his vitals were so stable. Like his pulse ox was great. His color was amazing. His lungs were clear. He was mucusy, but he was like clearing it beautifully. He was just blowing bubbles. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was totally fine. And so I did nurse him the one time and he actually did call his rest did calm down. But again, like an hour later, they had gone back up a little bit because again, he just really needed, he needed his mom. mom. Yeah. 
And at that point, we were already almost at the four hour mark and she hadn't gotten her last back yet. So we decided to like we decided to end up taking the baby back to his mom because I, you know, did a more thorough newborn exam. He was perfect. He was very asynclitic. We didn't talk about that so, part. Yeah. So that's why he was probably coming out the way he did. Which is so crazy because his he was super asynclitic. Like he had molding like right on the side of his mm-hmm. head. And so the fact that he came that fast, yeah. despite the fact that he was coming out with his head sideways. And so that's when we were like, oh, my gosh, when he sucked his head back in, he probably sucked his head back in, rearranged it and then he was came just out trying to get it. Yeah. Came out the rest of the way and crowned. Mm-hmm. And that was right after you came there. Which um, that's just, probably we were joking that she was going to hold him in until you got there. Yeah. So and she did. Um, but also his head helped a lot. So anyways, like his morning had already gotten way better. Um, but at that point we decided to take him to the hospital to be with his mom just in case it had been a longer and thank goodness we did because she ended up staying until almost like, I think she stayed in the morning, three in the morning, which was totally her choice. Like the doctor said like, you know, I like if I recommend you stay because I want to keep doing labs on you and monitor you. But also, we recognize it's your choice, which I feel like a lot of doctors don't use that language of giving them that choice. And I really appreciated that in this experience. Yeah. Um, and so the mom actually had the choice to leave. Technically, it was against medical advice, but like it wasn't like really charged or anything. Um, it was just like, hey, we want to do more laps on you, but you obviously have the right to decline that. She actually chose to stay because she wanted to make sure she was stable before she went home. So she had to come back, which I totally get. Yeah. So we ended up staying until like 11 and baby like nursed a bunch of times before I left. And mom was like, had to eat in and dad had to eat in and like, don't get me wrong. They were exhausted. Yeah. But um, yeah, they ended up f- going home, feeling stable, yep. feeling safe. Baby was perfect. And they've just had like a really beautiful postpartum. Um, and I know it's not what she wanted and we like, she verbalized that a lot. Like, you know, why did this happen? I just wanted to be at home and it's so hard because you know, she had such a beautiful home birth. Like she had a amazing first birth. Yeah. It's just her fucking placenta. Yes. And like, she keeps asking like, why does this happen? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. I wish I had an answer. It sucks. It just really sucks. Yeah. And I just hope you can look back on this and know that you are phenomenal and you did everything you could. There's nothing you could have done differently in this situation. And she did end up saying, you guys said that at no point in time did she ever feel scared. Yeah. Like she felt safe and okay. Yes. The entire time, which I feel like goes a long way. As a provider, that's what you want. (laughs) You never like in the moment, like as you're like trying to manage the situation, like you hope you have your game face on, but you're yeah. just like in get shit done mode and you yes. have no idea how you're coming across. Yes. Cause afterwards you were talking to me we need to start wrapping it up. But you were like, I'm sorry. I was so mean to you. I'm sorry. I yelled at you. I was like, you didn't yell at me. Oh, like, I totally thought I was like, no, I was like, like you would be like, Hey, I need this or Hey, I need that. But that was just like, let we're getting stuff yeah. done. Like at no point in time were you ever in any way mean or anything at all so and and i was like and and you also came across as like really i'm getting it done we're doing this we're doing that like at no point like you instilled confidence in me and and in everybody around you because yeah you just never know how you're coming across but i have to say too 
like as a provider you always hate when you do a transfer that feels unnecessary yeah and this one felt very very necessary necessary. and oh yeah so what we were saying earlier is jesse ended up texting us later that night or the next day Mm -hmm. i was like girl did you see this placenta this placenta is not normal it was the gnarliest placenta i think i've ever seen it's not the gnarliest one i've ever seen it's the gnarliest one i've ever had one of my personal clients yes and so um but it was definitely like wow yeah this was not normal and there is a reason why this happened yeah, and it like, wasn't just us mismanaging or something i could totally see why she was having the bleeding she was having mm-hmm. i'm so thankful i did not pull harder on yes. this cord like yeah it was just one of those births where in hindsight i'm really glad we went i'm so thankful for this mom's resilience because it she made the story right yeah. it could have been a completely di- like just like we talk about with like birth trauma like yeah. this could have been a very traumatic experience yeah. and i hope that this mom like continues to talk to us about that and if she yes. has any questions or concerns like i hope she feels safe verbalizing that to us but honestly like she did such a beautiful job processing as she went and staying so positive that like yeah i hope that it's going to continue i hope that she continues to own this experience yeah and know how well of a how beautiful she had but also knowing just like the whole point of this episode was that if you need that time that space to have the ups and downs like take it and know Mm -hmm. that that's okay it's okay to not always be the strong one yeah and then i mean after that birth because you know i go through those moments while i'm in it most of the time i'm like yeah this is why i do this but sometimes i'm like why am I Why doing do this? Why do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> and so I left that birth and I went I went to the brewery and I got a beer. And yeah. I was like, I sat down and I said, I need I'm pretty sure Jesse cried. Beer. That's what yeah. I was like, holy shit, was it that bad? Because like I said, you don't really have perspective when yeah. you're managing. And I was like, like everyone's freaking out like, yes who was there right now besides the mom basically but then when everything <laughs> but then when everything settles then i'm still like okay that's why we did it because yeah. in the moment it feels super loaded and it feels super intense but then you get through it and you manage it and you do what you got to do and at the end of the day help someone have the best birth experience that they can and then you have your beer and you process it or and you, it's all and you go to the mountains if you can yes. get a call and it's all worth it after that yeah and and again, like I can't speak enough to how much this mom shaped her experience. Like yes. I, she was amazing. She's one of the strongest. She is amazing. She's one of the strongest moms I've ever worked with. And it again, it, it's always like you're always like, why do you do this? But like I wouldn't take as much as I wish her experience had been all at home. Like I wouldn't take back this experience in the sense that like I it's so humbling right yes. like it's just such a beautiful reminder as a provider that like you're just here to serve these like really powerful women and you get to be a part of their experience and yeah. it's like such a and gift that is definitely a gift so yeah. all so to all you moms out there who are who give us the pleasure of seeing you through this powerful experience and helping and through it. crazy experience yes um while birth work is not all glitter and rainbows it's still such an honor to be there and to realize how fortunate we are to help these moms and to be with these moms and how fortunate you guys are to like be having these amazing births yeah so the only other thing that we have to say and we don't have cups to clink we together we're in such a hurry we did not is pour wine. cheers, cheers. Clink, clink, clink.